0: Part Two, Chapter Fifteen of A Key to Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by William Jones. Part Two, Chapter Fifteen Slavery is Despotism. It is always important. In discussing a thing, to keep before our minds exactly what it is. The only means of understanding precisely what a civil institution is are an examination of the laws which regulate it. In different ages and nations, very different things have been called by the name of slavery. Patriarchal servitude was one thing, Hebrew servitude was another, Greek and Roman servitude still a third. AND THESE INSTITUTIONS DIFFERED VERY MUCH FROM ONE ANOTHER. WHAT, THEN, IS AMERICAN SLAVERY, AS WE HAVE SEEN IT EXHIBITED BY LAW AND BY THE DECISIONS OF THE COURTS? LET US BEGIN BY STATING WHAT IT IS NOT. IT IS NOT apprenticeship. IT IS NOT GUARDIANSHIP. IT IS IN NO SENSE A SYSTEM FOR THE EDUCATION OF A WEAKER RACE BY A STRONGER. THE HAPPINESS OF THE GOVERNED IS IN NO SENSE ITS OBJECT the temporal improvement or the eternal well-being of the governed is in no sense its object the object of it has been distinctly stated in one sentence by judge ruffin the end is the profit of the master his security and the public safety slavery then is absolute despotism of the most unmitigated form it would however, be doing injustice to the absolutism of any civilized country to liken American slavery to it. The absolute governments of Europe, none of them pretend to be founded on a property right of the governor to the persons and entire capabilities of the governed. This is a form of despotism which exists only in some of the most savage countries of the world, as, for example, in Dahomey. The European absolutism or despotism now does to some extent recognize the happiness and welfare of the governed as the foundation of government, and the ruler is considered as invested with power for the benefit of the people and his right to rule is supposed to be somewhat predicated upon the idea that he better understands how to promote the good of the people than they themselves do. No government in the civilized world now presents the pure despotic idea as it existed in the old days of the Persian and Assyrian rule. The arguments which defend slavery must be substantially the same as those which defend despotism of any other kind, and the objections which are to be urged against it are precisely those which can be urged against despotism of any other kind. The customs and practices to which it gives rise are precisely those to which despotisms in all ages have given rise. Is the slave suspected of a crime? His master has the power to examine him by torture see the state versus castleman his master has in fact in most cases the power of life and death owing to the exclusion of the slave's evidence he has the power of banishing the slave at any time and without giving an account to anybody to an exile as dreadful as that of siberia and to labors as severe as those of the galleys He has also unlimited power over the character of his slave. He can accuse him of any crime, yet withhold from him all right of trial or investigation, and sell him into captivity with his name blackened by an unexamined imputation. These are all abuses for which despotic governments are blamed. They are powers which good men who are despotic rulers are beginning to disuse but under the flag of every slaveholding state and under the flag of the whole united states in the district of columbia they are committed indiscriminately to men of any character but the worst kind of despotism has been said to be that which extends alike over the body and over the soul which can bind the liberty of the conscience and deprive a man of all right of choice in respect to the manner in which he shall learn of the will of god and worship him in other days kings on their thrones and cottagers by their firesides alike trembled before a despotism which declared itself able to bind and to loose to open and to shut the kingdom of heaven yet this power to control the conscience to control the religious privileges and all the opportunities which man has of acquaintanceship with his maker, and of learning to do his will, is, under the flag of every slave state, and under the flag of the United States, placed in the hands of any man, of any character, who can afford to pay for it. It is a most awful and most solemn truth that the greatest republic in the world does sustain, under her national flag, the worst system of despotism which can possibly exist with regard to one point to which we have adverted the power of the master to deprive the slave of a legal trial while accusing them of a crime a very striking instance has occurred in the district of columbia within a year or two the particulars of the case as stated at the time in several papers were briefly these a gentleman in washington our national capital an elder in the Presbyterian church, held a female slave, who had for some years supported a good character in the Baptist church of that city. He accused her of an attempt to poison his family, and immediately placed her in the hands of a slave-dealer, who took her over and imprisoned her in the slave-men at Alexandria to await the departure of a coffle. The poor girl had a mother who felt as any mother would naturally feel when apprised of the situation of her daughter she flew to the pen and with tears besought an interview with her only child but she was cruelly repulsed and told to be gone she then tried to see the elder but failed she had the promise of money sufficient to purchase her daughter but the owner would listen to no terms of compromise in her distress the mother repaired to a lawyer in the city, and begged him to give form to her petition in writing. She stated to him what she wished to have said, and he arranged it for her in such a form as she herself might have presented it in, had not the benefits of education been denied her. The following is the letter. Washington, July 25, 1851. Mr. Sir, I address you as a rich Christian freeman and father, while well, I am myself but a poor slave mother. I come to plead with you for an only child whom I love, who is a professor of the Christian religion with yourself and a member of a Christian church, and who, by your act of ownership, now pines in her imprisonment in a loathsome man warehouse, where she is held for sale. I come to plead with you for the exercise of that blessed law whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you do ye even so to them with great labor i have found friends who are willing to aid me in the purchase of my child to save us from a cruel separation you as a father can judge of my feelings when i was told that you had decreed her banishment to distant as well as to hopeless bondage for nearly six years my child has done for you the hard labor of a slave from the age of sixteen to twenty-two she has done the hard work of your chamber kitchen cellar and stables by night and by day your will and your commands have been her highest law and all this has been unrequited toil if in all this time her scanty allowance of tea and coffee has been sweetened it has been at the cost of her slave mother and not yours you are an office bearer in the church and a man of prayer as such and as the absolute owner of my child i ask candidly whether she has enjoyed such mild and gentle treatment and amiable example as she ought to have had to encourage her in her monotonous bondage has she received at your hands in faithful religious instruction in the word of god a full and fair compensation for all her toil it is not to me alone that you must answer these questions you acknowledge the high authority of his laws who preached a deliverance to the captive and who commands you to give to your servant that which is just and equal oh i entreat you withhold not at this trying hour from my child that which will cut off her last hope and which may endanger your own soul it has been said that you charge my daughter with crime can this be really so can it be that you would set aside the obligations of honour and good citizenship that you would dare to sell the guilty one away for money rather than bring her to trial which you know she is ready to meet what would you say if you were accused of guilt and refused a trial is not her fair name as precious to her in the church to which she belongs as yours can be to you suppose now for a moment that your daughter whom you love instead of mine was in these hot days incarcerated in a negro pen subject to my control fed on the coarsest food committed to the entire will of a brute denied the privilege commonly allowed even to the murderer, that of seeing the face of his friends. Oh then you would feel Feel soon then for a poor slave mother and her child, and do for us as you shall wish you had done when we shall meet before the great judge, and when it shall be your greatest joy to say I did let the oppressed free. Ellen Brown End of letter The girl, however, was sent off to the southern market the writer has received these incidents from the gentleman who wrote the letter whether the course pursued by the master was strictly legal is a point upon which we are not entirely certain that it was a course in which the law did not in fact interfere is quite plain and it is also very apparent that it was a course against which public sentiment did not remonstrate the man who exercised this power was a professedly religious man enjoying a position of importance in a christian church and it does not appear from any movements in the christian community about him that they did not consider his course a justifiable one yet is not this kind of power the very one at which we are so shocked when we see it exercised by foreign despots do we not read with shuddering what in russia or in austria a man accused of a crime is seized upon separated from his friends allowed no opportunities of trial or self-defense but carried off to siberia or some other dreaded exile why is despotism any worse in the governor of a state than in a private individual there is a great controversy now going on in the world between the despotic and the republican principle all the common arguments used in support of slavery are the arguments that apply with equal strength to despotic government. And there are some arguments in favor of despotic governments that do not apply to individual slavery. There are arguments, and quite plausible ones, in favor of despotic government. Nobody can deny that it possesses a certain kind of efficiency, compactness, and promptness of movement, which cannot, from the nature of things, belong to a republic despotism has established and sustained much more efficient systems of police than ever a republic did the late king of prussia by the possession of absolute despotic power was enabled to carry out a much more efficient system of popular education than we ever have succeeded in carrying out in america he districted his kingdom in the most thorough manner and obliged every parent whether he would or not to have his children thoroughly educated if we reply to all this as we do that the possession of absolute power in a man qualified to use it right is undoubtedly calculated for the good of the state but that there are so few men that know how to use it that this form of government is not on the whole a safe one then we have stated an argument that goes to overthrow slavery as much as it does a despotic government for certainly the chances are much greater of finding one man in the course of fifty years who is capable of wisely using this power than of finding thousands of men every day in our streets who can be trusted with such a power it is a painful and most serious fact that america trusts to the hands of the most brutal men of her country equally with the best that despotic power which she thinks an unsafe thing even in the hands of the enlightened educated and cultivated emperor of the rushes with all our republican prejudices we cannot deny that nicholas is a man of talent with a mind liberalized by education we have been informed also that he is a man of serious re- and religious character that he certainly acting as he does in the eye of all the world must have great restraint upon him from public opinion and a high sense of character But who is the man to whom American laws entrust powers more absolute than those of Nicholas of Russia or Ferdinand of Naples? He may have been a pirate. On the high seas he may have been a drunkard. He may, like Souther, have been convicted of a brutality at which humanity turns pale. But for all that, American slave law will nonetheless trust him with his irresponsible power. Power over the body and power over the soul. On which side, then, stands the American nation in the great controversy which is now going on between self-government and despotism? On which side does America stand in the great controversy for liberty of conscience? Do foreign governments exclude their population from the reading of the Bible? The slave of America is excluded by the most effectual means possible. Do we say, ah, but we read the Bible to our slaves and present the gospel orally? This is precisely what religious despotism in Italy says. Do we say that we have no objection to our slaves reading the Bible if they will stop there, but that with this there will come in a flood of general intelligence which will upset the existing state of things? This is precisely what is said in Italy do we say we should be willing that the slave should read his bible but that he in his ignorance will draw false and erroneous conclusions from it and for that reason we prefer to impart its truths to him orally this also is precisely what the religious despotism of europe says do we say in our vainglory that despotic government dreads the coming in of anything calculated to elevate and educate the people And is there not the same dread through all the despotic slave governments of America? On which side, then, does the American nation stand in the great last question of the age? End of Part 2, Chapter 15 Slavery is Despotism Recording by William Jones